0: I want to see our people heal. That means Peruvians in Peru, and that's Peruvians wherever we find ourselves, right in the diaspora. I want to see us heal. I want to see us be able to not just survive, but but to just be. Like, I think I've, I've even got to a place where I'm like, res- my existence is resistance, yes. Can my existence just be, right? Can I just be Maria? And can my moment and can my joy, like, be on, un- like, I almost want to say, like, be untouchable.
1: Hola y bienvenidos a Peruvians of USA, Peruanos de Estados Unidos, un podcast en español, inglés y spanglish, donde compartimos las diversas historias del inmigrante peruano. Mi nombre es Natalie Sofía y soy una chica peruana que vive en los Estados Unidos por más de 20 años. Welcome to Peruvians of USA, the podcast in Spanish, English and Spanglish, where we share the diversity of the Peruvian immigrant experience. My name is Natalie Sofía, a fellow Peruvian living in the U.S. for more than 20 years. So let's get started. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you that Peruvians of USA has officially launched its scholarship program. The first scholarship is to honor my grandfather, Javier Verdales Guaripata, and we will award $1,000 to a student with a Peruvian heritage in high school or college. Help us spread the word about this opportunity for Peruvian students by sharing with your friends and family. For more details, visit peruviansofusa.com or visit the link in bio. Also, remember to follow us on social media. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want more community or you want to find out more about our initiatives, like how we're supporting Peruvian owned businesses or life behind the scenes, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It is the easiest way to share our podcast with people you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing Peruvians like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so you never miss an episode, and make sure to check our blog at peruviansofusa.com where you can sign up for our email list. Thanks for listening. Now let's get into the episode. My next question is around the protests that happened in November. I started with many no es mi presidente. What did that time mean to you? I was incredibly confused <laughs> at first. So on my Instagram,
0: it's like I follow a lot of Peruvians, right? I have been very fortunate to find a community of Peruvians online. Um a big part of that is because, you know, I I did um, a takeover on Alegria Bedwanek. Shout out to Kani Chavez, and that's my hermana right there. Ooh! Um and and from that, you know, I I, I got to meet more Peruvians online. Um and so suddenly it was <laughs> my instagram was you know right people people just posting and stuff and then it was peru, 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 peru. and it was like i was like so confused as to what was going on so one it was a lot of confusion then it was worry because i was like okay well this is happening so how is my family doing and my family was out in the streets you know and you keep those marching and then it was it was pride of course to see to see our people out there and like really showing up for for the people right um Um, But I think what I also felt was just, I had never felt so far away from Peru in that moment. I was like, we're in a pandemic. this is happening so um not only am I fearing for for folks safety in multiple ways but but then I was like oh wow even if if you know I want it I can't even go right we're like it's it's not safe to do so and then someone that I follow uh, reached out to me on Instagram and was like hey like a group of us in the diaspora are you know are gonna hop on a zoom and we're gonna write a statement of solidarity as Peruvians in the diaspora and I was like okay dale put me in the put me in the group chat so we met up and that's how the Pumas Collective was born, an international collective of Peruvian immigrants, refugees, expats, and we're working with grassroots communities in Peru, specifically focused on marginalized folks and uh, those doing the groundwork in Peru for social political change. And I don't think we we intended for it to be, you know, this collective um, because it, it came out of this need of like, okay, well, we're in the diaspora and we see our people going through this. Um, and yet we're so far away. So what can we do? At first, it was just going to be a statement of solidarity. And now, you know, we have a mutual aid fund going. Um, we've uh, partnered with, with therapists in Peru that, that focus on, um, like, healing sessions for um, Black, Indigenous, queer, and trans folks there. And that that's continuing. So there's been a lot of, like, translation happening and resources. Because a lot of what I saw, you know, was coming from Peruvians, but it was in Spanish. And so um, trying to make things accessible. Accessible. And yeah, I, I was so glad that, that I got that, that message to to hop on that call because now we're here and it's been really beautiful to do that movement work and to, to work with these Peruvians.
1: How does POMAS Collective connect to the organizations in, in Peru? Yeah, so um, from what I understand
0: is, is right, a lot of it is members of the collective, you know, were like on Twitter and it was like, oh, these, these folks um, are on the ground, right? And, and they're asking for aid. Is this something that... That we'd be able to help with what do we have in the funds? Is this something that we're able to support, like financially? A lot of people have donated, and, and you know, it's it's such a, a labor of love that to do so. And um, so, folks can donate. One, it's on uh, the PayPal is is on my Instagram bio, but definitely by following uh, at Bumas Collective on Instagram, uh, we have a link tree there with uh, the Mutual Aid Fund, and you will learn a little bit more about the collective, about the work that we're doing
1: and i'll definitely make sure we have links to that on the episode description for anybody who's interested where do you see the pumas collective in the next couple of years what is your your grand vision honestly pumas is is i think
0: well one movement work is happens very fast um and it's usually you know a rapid response um so so i think of like just just something that i've worked on which was um academics for black survival and wellness um which occurred over the summer so it was bunch of um, you know uh, black counseling psychologists and and their colleagues who, who practice black allyship um, it was a rapid response and an intervention to to what was occurring over the summer um, with the black lives matter protests um, and so movement work came fast and and I think the same happened for Pumas and so right now I think're we're, we're in a period of like that like these questions are what we're asking as a collective right so where are our capacities um, where would we like to go right we're asking ourselves the same thing right now a lot of our folks Focus is on these mutual aid, aid funds because protests are happening um, and, and they continue to um, and then with Peru, oh my gosh <laughs> these are like big questions, Peru, I think honestly I want to see our people heal Like, and and um, that that means Peruvians in Peru and that's Peruvians wherever we find ourselves, right in the diaspora I want to see us heal, I want to see us be able to not just survive, but, but to just be, like I think I do got to a place where I'm like, my existence is resistance. Yes. And I'm like, what can my existence just be right? Can I, can I just be Maria and can my moments and can my joy like be on, like, I almost want to say like be untouchable, right. From the rest of this stuff. Like I I want us to get to this place where we're able to have these conversations and uh, remember that it's not just one. Right. So it's like, um, conversations I've been having a lot in with my close relationships. It's like, and so, um, you know, our relationships matter, like the nurturing of ourselves and one another to be able to like really be seen and heard like that. That is what I want. And and that requires, I think, a radical shift and a radical change, uh, a lot of radical hope. Um, but I, I know it's possible because our people are doing it. And, and I think we continue to do it in. in ways, right? Healing, healing doesn't look one way. Um, and I think that's also why I'm really interested in healing. I want to see how people are doing it, right? So for some people, it's perreo. Some people, it's marching. And some people, it's, it's you know, um, doing facilitations, healing facilitations. It can look in so, so many ways, but I want to see our people make it. But
1: the message of healing and radical hope, like, speaks so much to me and and and, it's, and just highlights what other Peruvians in their own platforms are doing, right? Like, we have Connie with Alegria Peronex saw that I was like what like where you have been my whole
0: life I love her I remember seeing Alegria Peruanix for the first time and I was in tears I was like what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like, this is beautiful. This is truly, truly beautiful. I'm so grateful to be in spaces with Connie in this way. Um, we're in Pumas together. You know, like, I, I see so many people doing the damn thing, right? This podcast being one of them. So major love to you. Um, I see Elena, you know, with, with Brooklyn Warney. Oh, that's so beautiful. Like, it warms my heart, right? Um, Angie out here constantly on Cholita New Yorkina educating us, giving us joy, making us laugh, crocheting. Uh, who else do I see? I see my, my baby Bianca at Peruvian rags with her music and her art. Oh, I could go on and on, right? <laughs> um, we're truly doing it and we're truly making it and, and that brings me joy. That that makes me feel like like All of it is worth it. All of the, the things that I've been through to get to this place, well, the universe has brought me to this place and now, now I get to nourish my relationships and now I get to nourish this, right? And I get to, to see and and reimagine how I want to create communities of care, which I think are so, so, so crucial and important.
1: Well said. Um, So I want to transition to some of the questions that the audience submitted. So I'll pick a couple because they submitted definitely a lot of questions. One of them is what would life have been like for you in Peru if you stayed? That one's hard, I think,
0: because I left so young. So I really don't have a grasp of what does life really look like there, right? So when I go and I see life, I'm going for a short period of time. And usually I'm going and I'm like, you know, eating out all the time and I'm with family. and that was enough yes, that so it's different than if I were to have gone to school there, if I were to be working there. So I, I don't think I have um, an answer to that question. I feel like I would still be my same like booty self. <laughs> I for real would be um still doing some pendejadas, still still questioning everything around me, you know, like Still, still focus on love, to focus on my community. Look very different, of course, but, but yeah, I think the essence of me, you know, the universe. The universe knew.
1: <laughs> All right, I was going to ask you about other Peruvian organizations. We did mention a couple of other Peruvian platforms, but I guess maybe something similar to to Pumas that you want to give a shout out to. That's a
0: good question, actually. Well, the Bonita Chola always does an amazing job educating us. <laughs> something that I have, uh, an account that I've recently come in contact with is is um Collectiva Shipiva Muralistas or something like that. Like it's a collective of um Shipio women who are muralists and they're they're making art in, in Barranco Lima and it's it's so beautiful to to see. Um, and I know that uh currently I think because Peru is entering um quarantine again, they're asking for um I believe funds and, and food donations, but I don't think that's the correct handle, but we will link the correct one I hope. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we will. We will. Uh, I definitely have seen it. I can't think of the correct handle, but we'll be sure to share it. So here's a question that I'm going to change a little bit. The question is, what would you have told yourself 10 years ago? You mentioned earlier that you're in your early 20s. What would you want your early 30s, Maria? Like, what, what would you tell her or what would you want her to tell you? Oh, my God. Oof. I think when I think of me in my 30s, oh,
0: I got so excited. Um, I think it's because honestly, if you would have done this interview with me a few months ago, completely different answers. I think that I this pandemic especially brought me face to face with with all the grief that I wasn't dealing with, right? And it was grief of like my immigration. It was grief of uh, oh my gosh, suddenly I was questioning every single identity I had. I was like, am I bisexual? I don't know. <laughs> like, am I, am I, you know, do, like why do I die? as as hyphen right like wh- what does that mean or or what about oh my indigeneity still still navigating right um shout out to therapy for that uh because it's been so crucial but I think I was such in such a place of grief a few months ago um being so far from Peru that I feel like now um you know the universe has done its work I've done done the work my healing work and I'm still in my healing journey that that I feel very much like stepping into my power, where I'm seeing, you know, things in alignment with my spirit, um, the people that have been brought to me, the opportunities that have been brought to me, the love that continues to find me. Um, I feel like in my 30s, I just, I just want this, right? Like this energy of this, this, what I feel right now. And I just, I just hope it's like time times 10, right? But not just for me. I hope that like, if I am evolving, if I'm succeeding, well, then my people are coming with me. So my my are coming with me, my family, my community is coming with me because I'm not I'm not gonna do this by myself. <laughs> um, yeah, my relationships are so important to me. Uh I I I'm excited. I'm excited for 10 years from now. I I uh have a lot of radical hope in that.
1: And as someone in her dirty I, I do have to share that I feel more empowered than I did in my 20s. I feel more in alignment with my spirit, I feel more like I can fully express myself more than I ever could in my. 20s I think every decade it just gets better 30s for me is it's my best decade yet (laughs) so it's so much to look forward to that is so beautiful and I'm so happy to hear that for you that's gorgeous so let's not fear getting older ladies it's a privilege to get older
0: (laughs) Ah, yeah you can I'm
1: seriously like I love aging
0: (laughs) I love it I feel like I I learn so much you learn so much every year you know every
1: day so the other question touches on spirituality what spiritual practice do you have just wanted to take a break here to share that Peruvians of USA now has an online store Help us spread the message that el mejor amigo de un peruano es otro peruano by visiting our online store. We also have feminine versions that said la mejor amiga de una peruana es otra peruana or gender neutral versions. This could be the perfect gift for a Peruvian in your life. Visit the link on the episode notes or link in bio. All right, back to the episode.
0: I actually grew up a uh, Mahayana Buddhist, so my parents are Mahayana Buddhists, and I remember when we got to the States, um, my parents were really questioning a lot, of, a lot of what they grew up with. They were like, well, we both grew up Catholic, right? And, and now I also think my parents are faced with a lot of grief and a lot of confusion coming to the U.S., you know, they were newly married, they had me, my mom found herself pregnant again with my sibling, you know, when she was here. Um, I have two siblings who I love very much, um, but but it it i imagine you know like my mom was was my age now right like in, in- the States with, with kids. And, and I'm just like, I I can't even imagine what, what that must have been like. Um, and so I, I think my parents are really questioning a lot. Um, and they found Mahana Buddhism and my siblings and I were raised uh, with a lot of Buddhist traditions and principles, and I still very much practice it. So I, a lot of, when I pray it's in, um, Tibetan like scripture or it's in, um, it's like mantras, right? So, um, a lot of the deities that I do pray to are Buddhas. Um, but again, I was raised Catholic in the beginning. So my name is Maria. Um, and so that's why I also, um, call myself Maria, but no Santa. So there, there's a play in that because I feel such a connection to La Virgencita. Uh, she's around my neck right now, or she, I'm always wearing her on my neck. I feel very, very protected by her. Um, because I know that she, she protected me since I was young. Um, and, and like, I have her name, you know, <laughs> La Virgen Maria, I have her name. And so I think that I I have a lot of spirituality in my life. I would say, if someone asked me like, what religion I practice, I would say Mahayana Buddhist, but I very much am connected to La Virgen, um, very much connected to my ancestors. I, I know that my family is Catholic and because of the indigenous uh, background, a lot of a lot of uh, influences from my abuelitas has been a lot of shamanistic uh, principles. So. Um, it's it's a mixture for me, but I, I do what feels right and I, I have a lot of faith in the universe.
1: And it's so interesting, I think our ancestors, literally that's how they survived, right? Because Catholicism was imposed on them, like, you know, here's the cross, and they were like, oh yeah, La Chacana, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Just a different shape, right? And so it's almost like they had to tie their um, shamanist rituals to now this Catholicism rituals and traditions that was being imposed to them. So it's normal, I think, for many of us or as people to want to combine things and to want to like make sense of it by mixing things up. I, I just want to challenge the audience not to think binary. You can't. You don't have to just be like Catholic and not Catholic, right? Like you you can bring in different things from different places and and build your own like rituals of what's meaningful to you.
0: Absolutely. And I also feel like how it ties into my bisexuality and I think in that sense, I've never had a, a problem with it, right? I never was like, oh my gosh, did, did God not want me to be right, bisexual? It was never that. It was more so I I think understanding that, oh, I came from the universe, right? And, and that means that the universe is like pure essence creation of me was, was a source of love, right? And so what how am I loving myself, and and how am I being authentic to myself and to my spirit? Um, I, I didn't have an issue with that, and also I think we have to remember that before colonization happened, we did not have um, notions of of gender in the way that we do now. We did not have notions of sexuality in the ways that we do now. It was very much um, colonization that pushed you know like male, female, heterosexuality onto us um, and. And so a, a big part of it is also recognizing that, like doing my own, my own reading and investigating, you know, of like before before people said that that you know Catholicism was the way. How do people how do people make sense of the world? Um, and so yeah, honestly, colonization came around everything. So.
1: This is the last question from the audience, I'll, I'll, and I'll tweak it again because I tweak it depending on the guests that we have. What advice do you give for a woman who is not in touch with her own sexuality, perhaps feels since sort of shame around it, whether it was because of the way she grew up or unfortunately women are still violated. Their bodies are violated and so and, and that causes obviously a lot of trauma.
0: This is hard because I I look at my own journey with that and and I don't think that there's like a clear cut answer. Um I think again, right, uh I feel like whenever I still have doubts about you know sometimes questioning like my family sometimes questioning that. And I just remember that I am truly a divine being. Like I am truly, truly, truly on this earth, right? And and I think our purpose goes beyond the profession that we do. And and it, it comes again from like, okay, how are you loving? And how is love finding you? And so a part of that is is sexuality, right? It can be sexuality. It can be, um, it can be, so many facets of someone's identity, but it goes so much beyond that because I think that that healing involves a lot of self-reflection. And so I think a lot of um, advice that I give to people who are like downing is to be one, be gentle with yourself, is to be patient, um, is to treat yourself with love, is to um, reflect inward, is to to be like, okay, like little things, right? Like, Like when I do this, does this make me feel good? If yes, okay. Can I keep doing it? Um, If I hear this, does this feel good, right? Um, If not, okay what what has to change and and what happens right and like also being really really in tune with our bodies about like i remember hearing someone call me charapa and it was in a way that was was meant to be insulting and i remember what that did to my body and i knew immediately this doesn't feel good yet when my abuelita calls me you know a charapa woman it's like oh this feels good so i think even being so in tune with ourselves i think we forget that a lot to just like slow down and to like really center ourselves um but I think that that that's part of it a lot of self-reflection which can be scary to do <laughs> it can be scary to like be like okay what what things about me do like feel good what things don't feel good and then when you find the things that don't feel good like It can be hard to know where to to go. So I think just being really patient and gentle with yourself. If you're able to find people that you can stand in your full authentic self with, you don't have to come with no, you know, no layer of like falseness. Find those people, like stick, stick with those people because it it matters.
1: Yeah, I think that's such a beautiful message about understand what feels good to your body and getting in touch with your body, literally and not literally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right um and I think so many women go around feeling some sort of shame about whether how you look or don't look and um and maybe TMI for the audience but like I think when I was going through that evolution of you know like even as just if you randomly ask a girlfriend like hey are you able to stand in front of the mirror and just look at yourself naked and like how many people cannot do that right
0: right but I think I think also it's like why is that TMI you know like why <laughs> it's it's something it's something to ask because it, it's so important and I think that and it's not just about like look standing in front of the mirror and looking at your naked body right it's also about can I stand in front of the mirror and honor the person that I see right can I honor honor my heart can I honor my spirit because I think truly I always say that we are reflections of one another. So we are reflections of mode. If I'm looking at myself and I and I'm loving who I'm seeing if I am um and I also want to stress that, right, I don't, I don't want to feed into this notion that you have to love yourself to be able to love other people, no, 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 right, because I think everyone is in their journey to do so, and that does not equate whether or not you are worthy of love, no, absolutely not, right, everyone's up and on their journey, but I do want to, like, emphasize that, that we are worthy, that we're worthy of, of looking at ourselves and being like, damn, right, like, oof, look at me, right, and, and that way, when I can say that about me, ooh, then I can say that about you, right. And I can say that about other person, other person. When we start doing that, I think it really cultivates this, this community of, of love, of care. And I stress it so much because I think that's what that's what allows us to social justice movements. That's what allows us to keep going. This love ethic, right? Like the work is important, yes, but so much of it is also self-reflection. So much of it is also a nourishing of communities. So much of it is also um, being able to, to be open and vulnerable about our needs and our wants
1: I don't know why I want to touch on this I think it's because again you trigger a memory when you mention like when you were called Chapa and it didn't feel good when it came from a different person but when your grandma you know said it it's like oh yeah I am you no know? um, it triggered a memory of when I think I was 11 or 12 years old and I was walking going somewhere and you know I the cat calling right that men do um, and I think but when I was 12 I didn't look 12 I looked older. Um, but I remember that was like the first time I felt like somebody yelled at from a car or something and I felt as if somebody had thrown dirty water on me and now I was suddenly dirty and I could not and I, I if I could have been like this like like get off me type of thing it was that feeling of like somebody threw dirty water on me um, and so your story of like somebody calling you charapa and, and making you feel some you know, negative about it kind of reminded me of that um, and all of this is to just ask your thoughts around how do we empower young girls to one really feel ownership of their own bodies but at the same time how do we protect them right like I I, I just think of like some of my friends daughters as they're getting to be teenagers and I'm like people are going to start looking at them different and commenting on their body and that's just never like I can comment about my body and maybe when I'm with girlfriends close girlfriends and I'm in a woman's community yeah, sure, but it, it always feels icky to me when somebody who's not even related to me just like feels the need to say something. Yeah, I
0: I um would get that a lot when I would when I would visit Iquitos, um, unfortunately. And it's not like I don't get it here at the U.S., but I I was I think when when we spoke about you know what was shocking to you when when you went back to Peru, it was that the amount of, of like harassment that I that like women and sex get on the daily, and I think also something right. Like Peru has one of the highest rates of violence against women of when it comes to femicide, when it comes to to um, just. I think we can we can extend it to violence in general, and and that that is also those stats are also numbers that like we don't we don't know the full story when it comes to the violence against indigenous women or you know black women afro afro peruvian women we don't have all the accurate numbers and also what about trans women right like what we don't have these numbers and so i i think that one a big part is is shifting a culture of believing um folks who who go through a level of of violence right a uh, period like when someone comes to you and, and they're sharing that they have undergone something like, you know, you walking down the street and you got cat called And to have a response to it, that's like, I'm sorry that happened. What do you need from me? Instead of, oh, because you were wearing this. Oh, but that's just how, you know, people are. People are here. No, 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 no. Right. One, it's, it's changing our response to it. It's, it's so important. And I think also, um, I have three beautiful nieces that are all under two. And so when I see them and I, and I, I just want to do everything in my power to protect them. And then I'm also, I also realize that like we, the children, children are so smart and they feed off of their environment. So if I'm saying things out loud about myself, I'm, I'm seriously on here, like looking at myself and I'm like, oh, hermosa. my little niece comes up to me and I'm like, look at you, hermosa. you are so strong. You are so brave. You, are, you know, one, it's, it's what messages are we sending to our kids? And, and it comes from the media too, right? Like, wow. Why are we seeing representations in the media of um why do they always have to be hypersexual like i, I see all, a lot of these shows on peruvian television and i'm like damn where is is like what what else are we as women and femmes doing on the show except looking pretty like right i think so much of it is the images that we're fed and then also it's shifting shifting our own responses it's also understanding that there are larger systems in play like sexism and heterosexism that make made it so that, that um, a lot of men and masculine folks are feel entitled to do so. And it's like no, nope, that's not the case, right? So it, it comes from from a lot of um, our own shifting, and, and, and that shifts our communities and, and a lot of the education that we have. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of shifting, a radical change, right? But but it's possible. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's definitely possible, and it's not um, it's not a shift that only women can do. We definitely need men and allies to help with this you know and, and similar to you I worry about the young girls part of me is like okay well I went through that and I'm more in power you know to like handle it and to deal with it but I'm like again just thinking of myself as a 12 year old and receiving those comments and feeling dirty when I didn't do anything right and so how many other women have that and even worse situations happened to them so thank you for sharing your what your thoughts are around that and as we wrap up my last two questions for you are what message Message do you have for Peruvians in Peru and what message do you have for Peruvians in the U.S.? I
0: think my message is similar um, and it is to uh, do the work. And when I mean work, it is, right, um, do the, the work of, of self-reflection um, because you're worth it. You are We are worthy of, of being able to, to reflect on ourselves. Um, the work also means, you know, uh, building community. The work also means um, challenging. Um, and educating ourselves on notions of anti-Blackness and anti-Indigenous sentiments, on transphobia and homophobia, right? really challenging those beliefs and those thoughts. Um, the work is also pleasure and joy. It doesn't just have to be work and um, all of it coming from a place of love. So I am always, um, I feel the most at peace and the most joyful, uh, feel the most pleasure when I am surrounded by love and loving people and um, I just just to remember that right that that we are all we're a divine being like like truly and um, it doesn't just have to be that we have to survive right like like what what are we going to do beyond this right our survival is so important we are here our stories are so important um, to be able to stand firm in our truth is that is you know that, that's a huge piece of it but but what but what next right so it's like what we're surviving in that one, right so where's our community where is where is our joy? Where are where are we loving? Um, where are we resting? Um, yeah, just go home with that. Carry that in your heart.
1: <laughs> so, if our audience wants to stay uh, in touch with you, connect, follow you, see your next site, like, or what Pumas is doing, how can they um, you know follow you and, and stay connected? Yeah. So I'm uh, on Instagram. So my handle is at Momo underscore twenty
0: three ninety seven. So M O M O underscore two three nine seven.
1: That's me. I do so many. things thanks <laughs> all right and so we'll add your your handle and maria thank you so much for this conversation i've really enjoyed it this conversation about just like you know Vita culture women's sexuality it's just needed to happen in the podcast and i hope you know our audience felt that they felt seen and heard and and that their stories were also reflected in us sharing with each other so thank you so much Thank you for listening to Peruvians of USA. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and review an Apple podcast. It lets other Peruvians find the show. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Peruvians of USA. I'm looking forward to connecting with you there. All right. Talk to you soon. Ciao.